Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Three, two, one. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour Podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valero, on today's – well, first off, welcome back. We did miss last week, um, but welcome back to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour Podcast. As we do each and every week, we take a look at a little bit of the news and notes. We take a preview at, of Thursday Night Football. We're going to drop down with Matt's Game of the Week, drop in some Fantasy Football start and sit knowledge on you. I'm going to finish it off with some bets of the week. And of course, if you stick around for the movie corner, that will be around for you as well. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Matthew Fox. How are you, sir? You know, every time I hear that opening, I think, my God, they were not kidding. They really aged up the stars for season five of Stranger Things. Hey, I, hey, look, I don't know. I don't know. I, I've met Finn Wolfhorn, so I feel like I can play the older version of him now. So, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I'll just play 30 years in the future. You know what I mean? Like... And you could play like David Harbour, you know what I mean? Like uh, that would be aging down. Don't do that to me. Oh yeah. Pretty I'm sure sorry. David Harbour's like 50. Oh, my bad. <laughs> well, I um, guess it's been a rough two weeks for me. Man. <laughs> Shit. All right. So um, well, fun thing was uh, obviously most of you we talked about it on the show. I did go out to LA for the um AFI Film Festival, which we'll talk about in a little while when we get to the movie corner, but Mr. Fox and I got to meet for the first time um, while I was out there because he was in the midst of a little vacation and still is on a little vacation excursion right now. So that was exciting to kind of, you know, after, I don't know, we've known each other for about four years or so now. We've been podcasting together pretty roughly, uh, pretty regularly for about two seasons now. So that was really cool. And yeah, so with that being said, we are going to dive right into my favorite news and notes segment of the year already. Firework sound there was the perfect segue because finally the Colts made the correct decision and fired Frank Wright. Now, I won't go any further in saying that they did anything else smart because... I was going to say, they made a right decision. <laughs> they made a good decision in firing Frank Wright. Now, his replacement, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but it's not surprising that Frank Wright was fired. They've had 17 different quarterbacks come and go. He's tried to, I personally feel like he's tried to pin it on the quarterback every year by making a, a reoccurring, you know, Phil Rivers, you know, Carson Wentz, and then you trade in, you know, you get rid of Wentz, say he was the problem, and then you bring Matt Ryan in, who was just absolutely abysmal on that offense. Um, but, uh, and his his refusal to make Jonathan Taylor a workhorse was something that very was very confusing to me because, there's some weeks I felt like he got that point, and then there's other weeks where it was like, let me throw, let's throw Carson Wentz 50 balls this week, or hey, let's have Matt Ryan throw 50 balls this week. And I know Taylor's been in and out with injuries, but still, like, you're asking like a 90 year old quarterback here, 
to throw the ball, who hasn't been actually great the last couple of years. He's been okay. Like there's been games where he's okay, but you're not relying on the strengths of your offense. And instead of playing musical chairs, you never really uh, upgraded the wide receiver position. You never really upgraded the tight end position. You didn't really set the quarterbacks up for, for, for success. And, you know, Frank Ray had to go. You know what I mean? Would I have replaced him with a center that has no coaching experience? Probably not. But, you know, it's not Frank Wright anymore. So, Fox, what do you think here? Well, that's – so you mentioned the roster. That's not all Frank Reich, and that's why I think he's one one half of the equation. Chris Ballard, to me, has got to go. Um, you yep. know, it's amazing. The Colts went from five years ago, had Andrew Luck not retired. A lot of us thought they were – going to be competing for a Super Bowl to I, I don't even know what they're doing right now. And you went out and acquired Matt Ryan. You paid Nick Foles as a backup, and yet you decided to throw Sam Ellinger out there to get 125 total yards last week. And I guess I sort of get making the move now, but they were 3-3-1 and one when they decided to pull Matt Ryan for Sam Ellinger. I didn't think they were out of the playoff hunt yet, even though they hadn't played well and they got swept by the Titans. But now I think they're kind of well out of it, and I don't really know what the future is for Indianapolis. I don't think there's a quick road back. No, because it's yeah i mean and and if you look at it i mean what did they give up for ryan i forget already I mean, uh, it was just a third round pick it wasn't a whole lot atlanta mostly wanted to do it as a salary dump but that's where i think ryan actually has a couple years on his contract is he going to retire is he just going to make them eat the money i don't know i'd make him eat the money just because he's looked there's a whole group so we've talked about the ongoing quarterback issue which is a real thing Draft wasn't going to solve it for everyone. Now, I think it's realistic to think that Tom Brady might retire. It's getting more realistic to think that Rodgers or Stafford might retire. And Matt Ryan, I mean, you could have a whole slew of veteran quarterbacks going out, too. There is not enough to replace behind no. what's potentially gone. Yeah, and this class is pretty solid. Like, I don't know when we're going to do it, probably towards the end of the year, but I literally went through – um, you know, division by or team by team by team, just looking at the future of their quarterback position. And and when I did, I came up with you know a solid eight teams that could be looking that will be looking at new quarterbacks. And then you have a couple of other teams that might want to add some pieces just in case X, Y, and Z happens. But it's also going to be the more I look at it, it's more like. It's more likely the Seahawks might run Geno back next year because of how good he I is. I think Geno's getting a you know, multi-year deal. You know, and then of course you you have I think you know, and I talked about the Lions, but depending on where they fall in that draft order, you could rely on golf for another year. You know, it's going to make teams that might not want that might want to pull the plug, but can't because what's out there might not be as good as what you got. You know what I mean? And that's the that's the big one. You know what I mean? Like, and that'll be interesting to see because there's. There's some divisions that are locked in, you know what I mean? Like the AFC West could be top to bottom, have quarterbacks next year, you know what I mean? And then, of course, the North is a, another you know division that has pretty much locked in. The East is pretty much – like the AFC, three, three division teams, three conferences in the AFC might be pretty much locked in, but then, then you have so much, uh, so many other teams that are questionable too, you know? You know, it's a lot of these older guys probably gone, you know, but then you have like the – 
you have a thing like the NFC South where the entire division could have a turnover in quarterback next year. You know what I mean? Like everybody in the South could have a new quarterback next year, and it wouldn't surprise me. But it'll be interesting to see and, and see what kind of happens over the next couple of weeks. But uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and take a look at the best game ever that's going to happen tonight. We have that's, the Atlanta. Huh? That's that sound was all the viewers blowing away <laughs> from watching this shit show. Yeah, exactly. Atlanta Falcons versus the Carolina Panthers this week. The Falcons are four and five on the year, which is hilarious because you got a team that is being competitive, and I like what they're doing because a Marcus Mariota doesn't look terrible, and he's making me prove a point that I'm glad he got a second chance. But at the same time, this is a team that might not be as good as a record and also a team that's really just kind of throwing a wrench in like you know having one of those top 10 picks next year you know what i'm saying so it's like middle of the pack you know pick next year that they're going to have so it's it's hard to kind of upgrade i also feel like they have the worst offensive coordinator in the entire world author smith was a terrible offensive coordinator whenever he was with the with the tennessee titans and he's not very good now, uh, which isn't very shocking to me because there's some reason you have Kyle Pitts and Drake London and you're not getting the ball more. Blows my mind. They also have a stout run game. But uh, this game to me, I don't even know. I, I probably am not even going to watch it if I'm going to be honest with you. I probably won't watch it just because there's just – I don't even know. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't like anybody on either of these teams outside of maybe Patterson and Foreman. You know what I mean? Like – or DJ Moore, obviously, like that's just a you know that's a that's a no brainer for me, I guess. But the rest of these guys, like London, he's he's up and down. Pitts, like, is he even a tight end? Like, what is he just an offensive lineman now? Like, I don't understand what they're doing with him. I think it's terrible coaching. I think Arthur will probably get one more year, but I think he's going to be gone after next year or mid year next year. Falcons are kind of conservative in some ways, but. I don't know, man. What do you think about tonight's game? What do you think about the possibility of uh, Baker Mayfield? Is Baker playing tonight or PJ playing tonight? No. Um, Steve Wilkes must have DJ Moore on his fantasy team because he realized that Baker Mayfield will throw to anyone but DJ Moore. So PJ Walker is getting the start again this week, even though Baker, Baker looks came pretty in. good in relief, though. You know? But he never throws to DJ Moore. He didn't when he was a starter, he didn't when he came in. Uh, PJ Walker is the only one that's really thrown to DJ more. It's weird. Um, I Carolina should be trying to lose. So that sort of makes sense to me. Um, this game from a fantasy perspective, Mariota is a low end QB two option for me, especially given the QB landscape this week. If you looked around, I actually might roll him out unless you have two other rock solid options. Cause there are a lot of guys that could potentially be out before Sunday. You don't want the Rams back up. I'm not sure I'm rolling case Keenum. If Josh Allen misses Kyler Murray could be out. I don't want any piece of freaking Arizona if that happens. So it, you know, in super flex leagues, Marcus Mariota should be playing in your lineup tonight. Cordero Patterson's is running back two for me. Tyler Algier is not a bad flex shot. Um, he seems to actually have improved his efficiency with Patterson coming back. They want to run. I think they're going to be able to run. DJ Moore is a YOLO pick again. He, you know, he's got great talent, but their offense is a hot mess. Deonta Foreman's more of a flex play for me. I, I'm just really not wild about playing. And that's how I feel about London and Pitts. Those guys could get a touchdown, they could get something. But you're talking about Thursday night. Do you want to roll the dice on a Thursday night with these guys in this game? Would it surprise anyone if this was like a 
12 to nine game. We've seen those on Thursday night football before. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and you, and you mentioned the key thing, you know what I mean? Stafford could be out. What if Stafford's out? Um, what if yeah, Josh I don't want Allen's Sean out? Blanton. I don't want Case Keenum. Well, I don't I mean, want Colt yeah, McCoy. Case Keenum might be a better option than some of these. Well, Case, guys, Case Keenum would be the best among those, those backup yeah, but options. Like, even but... with that said, I mean, maybe you're out, you're without Lamar this week because of, of, you know, the bye week. Joe Burrow's yeah. out because of the bye week. So if you're struggling, I would be hitting the wire right now, especially, you know, if Case Keenum's available, I'm picking him up just to spite the Josh Allen owner to begin with. That's that's the first thing I'm doing. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm a Josh owner guy, Josh Allen guy. You know, I have him in one of in my biggest leagues that I'm in. I ran out to, ran out and picked up Case Keenum because I'm going to have to start him this week. I don't have much of a choice. Um, so Case Keenum or Josh Allen, one of them starting. I don't really care which one it is, but some whoever's starting a quarterback is going to be starting on my roster this week. So I don't know. Uh, I am picking the Falcons, by the way. I am also picking the Falcons, which will be at five and five then. And, uh, you know, right in the hunt for nothing. So Division leader. That's embarrassing to say. All right, let's, let's transition to Matt's games of the week. We have a lineup this week. Uh, there are some good games. There are some, oh boy, games. Uh, there is a international game, Germany, Tampa Bay, and Seattle going over there. Who would have thought that that would both be teams to go into the week uh, as division leaders? Um, boy. And Tampa Bay, the lesser of the division leaders. But my Sunday early game of the week, 7-1 Minnesota Vikings at the 6-2 Buffalo Bills. It would be a bummer if Josh Allen can't play. It seems like it's now tracking more that way. I still think the Bills win. Uh, but it's a stout test for the Vikings, who actually have the second best record in the NFL right now. Not just the NFC, the NFL. Yes, you heard that correctly. 2022, go home. You are drunk. The Sunday late window game. This is a loser is out of the race game, in my opinion. It's the three and six Arizona Cardinals at the three and five Los Angeles Rams. Kyler Murray's banged up, may not be able to play. Matthew Stafford's in concussion protocol, may not be able to play. I feel like that's fitting to our 2022 situation. Still, these teams are both chasing the 49ers and the Seahawks atop their division. And even though the NFC is somewhat of a crapshoot, whichever one of these teams loses is going to be in last place in the division they'll have little to no shot in the division and they'll be chasing so many other nfc teams i really think this could be the end and honestly if the cardinals lose which i think the rams probably pull this out it could be the end of cliff kingsbury he's a guy i wouldn't be shocked if they moved on him during the season he got a five-year contract extension which actually kicks in next season so he could end up getting fired before that contract extension even kicks in. I thought it was a crazy, terrible extension to do at the time. It looks even worse now. He and Kyler Murray are not vibing. That one is interesting to watch for the train wreck quality. Sunday night football, Los Angeles Chargers, five and three at the four and four. San Francisco 49ers. Both those teams are looking good. Both of them have playoff aspirations. Both of them have dealt with some injuries and inconsistencies. Christian McCaffrey going to be back out there. The Chargers are just praying they actually get a professional wide receiver that's available to suit up for their team. My upset special for this week, this is the one week of the year where Ricky and I are both Denver Broncos fans. They're playing the Tennessee Titans, and I think they're coming off a bye, and we're going to see Danger Russ back in action. I'm taking the 3-5 and five Denver Broncos over the 5-3 and three Tennessee Titans. Yeah, so it's funny you say that. There's there's some interesting games this week. The most interesting game, obviously, was going to be the Vikings-Bills game because I really feel like 
as crazy as it sounds, it could have been a potential Super Bowl preview. You know what I mean? It's crazy yeah. as it sounds. You know what I mean? I know it's still Kirk Cousins, and I know that that factors in there. But um, I mean, I like ever this. since Kirk Cousins took his shirt off and just started dancing topless with gold chains, I think we think about him in a different way. We really do, but like some of these games, there's just a lot of rough games this week. Just matchups that are just very confusing. And and to be honest with you, the one that that Chargers game really, really, really bothers me. The point spread yeah. of that game really bothers me a lot. That's a seven point favorite against the Chargers. It's not like they're traveling very far either. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not like I actually a- picked the Chargers. Yeah, so it's very, very confusing there with that one. But that's that just be- the kind of game that Kyle Shanahan will go out and shit the bed on. Man, it no joke. It's a lot of like, like I said, a lot of dog shit games. You have Saints and the Steelers. Like, who cares? I hope the Texans <laughs> beat the Giants because the Giants, I hate them so much. Like, God, every week they win just makes me want to poke my eyes out. I hope the Lions beat the Bears because I'm tired of hearing about the Bears. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I just. I don't know. I hate football season this year for some reason. I don't know what it is. But speaking of hating, um, actually, I had a great week of betting last week. Even though we weren't on the show, I did share my bet. Oh, no, sorry. Start and sit. Whatever. I will do that, too. You take one week off and you like you forget that you, you know, don't, you forget the how, to do, how to do a show that you've done for like two years now. But uh as always, we are going to jump into our fantasy starts and sit. Where am I at on mine? I know I, I, I did pick out – oh, man, I did pick out one that's going to be interesting. Um, we talked about it early on, though. Like, with this week, we could be missing some quarterbacks. So this isn't as surprising, but I am starting Tom Brady this week. Um, you're talking about a team that has given up multiple touchdown passes. Ten, actually, to be exact, I have the number because it's going to be something that I'll, that I'll use in handy here in a little bit. But um, – the Seahawks have given up 10 touchdowns uh, to QBs in five games on the road this year, obviously averaging five, uh, two per game. But they're also giving up 21 or more points in each of those games. Um, Brady hasn't hit the mark since, uh, you know, hasn't really been exactly on fire. You know what I mean? I think he's got one touchdown per game, and then there was one game he had zero touchdowns. But he's got like five touchdowns in like the last six or seven games. But I, I like for him to bounce back a little bit this week. But uh, I, I like the uh, – I like Tom Brady to to start this week. Give me Clyde Edwards Hilaire at the running back position. I think this game's going to be a blowout um, of epic proportions just because the Jaguars went from darlings to dead very fast. You know what I mean? Um, Josh Palmer, wide receiver. Um, I like him this week. Um, he showed what he can do. Um, I think it's, I think he's somebody that should be more active in this offense, even with the two guys up top. Um, I, I just, I'm not sure how I feel about Zach, Zach Staley, Staley, is it Staley, right? I said that right. Staley, Zach Staley, the no. coach, Brandon Staley, Brandon Staley, somebody Staley. Fuck. I don't know. Brandon Staley. I, I don't know how I feel about him. My feelings on him as being a head coach alter week by week. Um, Tyler Higby is my start of the tight end position this week. And the only reason why I'm going to tell you why I'm starting this week. This is his week to have the random good game. And then you just put him back on the bench the week after that. So I have a uh, bunch of crap shoots that I'm hoping, you know, throwing a couple darts at the board and hoping something sticks. So what do you got, Fox? 
Uh, my QB start of the week is Justin Fields. He was QB one last week. Uh, he's really been picking it up. He's up to QB seven on the season. He's also playing the worst defense in the NFL this week. So you're welcome, Chicago fans. My running back start is Ken Walker the third. Tampa Bay's defense had been great against the run last year. They're not so much this year. Walker has started the last four games, has 425 rushing yards and eight touchdowns during that span. They want to run. He's ready to run. It's a marriage made in heaven. Wide receiver start is Chris Olave. He has great chemistry that he's built up with Andy Dalton. Michael Thomas is out. Jarvis Landry, we haven't seen him appear since early in the season. He's really carrying the game for New Orleans. They're playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it'll be a good game for them. And my tight end start is TJ Hawkinson. I was a little bit skeptical of that trade when it was made, but week one, half a week of practice, he got nine targets, caught all nine for 70 yards. He is the number two target there in Minnesota. They're very excited to have him, and I think it's going to be wheels up in what could be a higher scoring game with the Bills. I like it. I like it a lot. My sits of the week are as follows. Um, Trevor Lawrence. Um, I, I don't I don't love the matchup for him this week. Running back, I'm just gonna put Najee Harris on this everywhere. I don't even care about anybody, just Najee, just put him to the moon. Um, I know there was rumors that they were gonna work Warren in a little bit more, but Warren came out and debunked that rumor, um, saying that he was he's getting the normal reps that he always gets while he's you know playing for the team. And then um I'm just I'm just to sit all my Colts players moving forward unless you're unless you're named Jonathan Taylor obviously but I'm not starting a Colts player outside and Jonathan Taylor is even scary yeah. because it, he could really run into that scenario where they just shut him down and make Sam Ellinger throw the football which he doesn't know how to do so well now there's talk that uh, Saturday might return Matt Ryan to the starting lineup which will be interesting. Uh, <laughs> It's the right reaction. Is it an upgrade? I don't even know. You know what I mean? Like, no, that's what it is. So who are your sets for the week? I, I don't do uh, tight ends, but if you want me to throw tight end, um, let, let me sit. Uh, well, you said Witt. start all your – or sit all your Colts. So that's like Jason Witt, we're sitting him this week. <laughs> uh, my, my quarterback sit was the same as you, Trevor Lawrence. He Ooh. had a good hot start to the season. He was like QB – uh, top 10 QB through the first three weeks, but he's been QB 16 since then, wildly inconsistent. I'm not rolling him out against the Chiefs. My running back sit is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. The Chiefs running game had three running backs that combined for 12 carries and 14 yards last week. Jarek McKinnon is actually the guy that's getting more snaps. CEH is basically getting first and second down work and splitting that with Pacheco, and if they get up big on the Jaguars, that's an even worse sign for CEH, so I am staying away. My wide receiver sit is Michael Gallup. I was excited to have him come back. The Cowboys seemingly picked him over Amari Cooper this offseason. That has not panned out. 12 receptions, 135 yards since coming back. It's not enough production for me to have him out there. And my tight end says Logan Thomas. We're still riding the high of two years ago when he was a real bankable asset at tight end. We didn't really see it a lot last year when he was banged up. He's been banged up this year, but also they just don't look for him. Um, so he is not a tight end that I'm rolling. Yeah, I uh, I don't uh, I don't know. We'll see who wins the Clyde Edwards Hilaire battle this week. Um, probably you. Clyde, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is running back thirty-seven on the season. Well, you know what? You're running back thirty-eight. Okay, how about that? Yeah. I don't even know. Let's go to my bets of the week because I'm losing my mind today. 
that sound wasn't the sound of Matthew Fox and I's bank account going on vacation or anything like that. That was the sound of me trying to win some bets this week. Last week, I actually had a solid week. Like I said, if you follow on Twitter, we shared some bets. I went three on one last week. The Chargers covered the two and a half sp- uh, point spread. Scary, but they did it. The Vikings and the Ravens covered their first half money lines, which was key for me. And then, of course, for some reason, the Packers decided to lose to the Lions, scoring nine whole points. Um, overall in the season, I am 23-15-1. Pretty solid if you ask me. Um, but I've got one, two, three plays for you. Um, Chris Clarkson and I will be going live Saturday morning. Um, some of the props that are some of the props that I want to look at aren't quite out yet with all these injuries. Some of the lines are shifting moment momentarily. The Vikings line is drastically down from like seven. The, the Bills were favored by seven um on um like Monday, but now it's down to like three and a half at all sports books. So once those lines, and of course, if Josh Allen is out, that probably goes down a little bit further than that. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what those do. But I've got a fun one for you this week. Um, Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. I've got the Chiefs, Broncos, plus six and a half teaser, which brings the line for the Chiefs game down to three. They're favored by nine and a half, so that brings it down to three. And the Broncos, it brings it from plus, you know, plus three and a half to or plus three all the way up to plus nine and a half. You can get this at minus 120. It's a hell of a bet. Um, I like the Broncos, just like Fox did. I like the Broncos a lot this week. I'm still teeter-tottering on the idea of just betting them outright or just betting them the plus three, adding that to my betting um, book for the week. But right now, like I said, it's the plus six and a half teaser. You, you throw the Chiefs in there plus nine and a half. You throw the Broncos plus three in there, and then you tease it six and a half points, and you get the Broncos at plus nine and a half, the Chiefs at minus three. Chiefs at minus three is a no-brainer against that Jaguars team anyway. So um, give me uh, – I mentioned them a little bit earlier. I brought up some stats earlier as well. Tom Brady over one and a half touchdown passes. I can't believe we're in the year 2022 when we're talking about a guy whose line is only at one and a half. It's like, like minus 145 right now in DraftKings. Like I mentioned earlier, Seahawks have given up 10 touchdowns to quarterbacks in five games on the road, obviously averaging two a game. They're also giving up 21 or more points on the road to teams, and I think there's two games that they gave up over 30. Brady hasn't hit this mark since October 3rd, but I believe he will this week. Give me the Chargers. We talked about them a little bit earlier. They've covered the spread as underdogs in five of the last six games on the road. This game is has no reason to be seven-point favorites. The 49ers have not done anything to be seven-point favorites, especially against probably a better team. Um, But I don't know. I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think the Chargers might win this game. I really do. I think they can. If they can get one of the receivers, (laughs) as Matthew Fox mentioned earlier, if they can get one receiver um, to hit this starting lineup this week, that'd be nice. But I do think that the you know the return of Christian McCaffrey and I think Debo comes back this week as well. It's going to be interesting to see how that works uh, uh, for a full week. But even with that being said, this Chargers team can get after the quarterback. Jimmy G can be easily flustered, and I think Eckler will be able to do a little bit on 
this defense. So give me the Chargers plus seven and a half. Those are my three picks this week. Like I said, the six and a half point teaser, Chiefs minus three, Broncos plus nine and a half, Tom Brady over one and a half touchdown passes, and the Chargers plus seven and a half. Fox, what do we think here, man? What do you think of my best this week? Um, I like tomorrow, which is probably a bad sign for both of us. Fuck, damn it. I'm going back to the drawing board. I might have some new picks for you by Saturday morning. <laughs> it's crazy, though. It's, it was looking at some of these lines, you know what I mean? I haven't had um, the most amount of time to really sit down and kind of look at these lines. That's why I'm a little light on picks, but we'll talk and well, I do that. But there's a lot of interesting ones that just very are confusing. There wasn't a lot of games where I felt great about taking upsets either. Yeah, see the Broncos. That one's that one looks pretty solid, and even that one's like the only that thing that breaks three. my heart about that is I feel like Denver's now tracking to somehow make a big second half run, finish nine and eight, and save Nathaniel Hackett's job. <laughs> but yeah, so like I don't like the Browns at all this week. I don't think they're going to beat the no. Dolphins. I think the Dolphins win that game. The Texans isn't really a sexy pick to me. I think the Giants probably win that game. Maybe easily, which makes well, the fun. Texans also can't defend the run, and the only thing the Giants can do is run with Daniel Jones and have Saquon Barkley. So I think Saquon Barkley could be RB one this week. The Saints Steelers has I, no appeal whatsoever. Raiders. If I watch ten seconds of that game, it'll be too much. Raiders Colts is an interesting game because I, I'm I don't even know. And hmm. Cowboys pack like the pack like would it surprise me if the Packers beat the Cowboys? No, but yes. do I have any faith in it? No, like it's just one of those things. You know what I mean? Like it would surprise me because the Cowboys have a good secondary and an incredible pass rush. Two things that the Packers simply can't hold up against. Maybe the, maybe the whole weekend will end with the Commanders randomly beating the Eagles on Monday night. That'd be pretty. That'd cool. make me happy. Actually, it would make me happy too. All right, folks, with that being said, if you tune in just for our weekly um, sports talk, it has come to a close. We are going to dive into our movie corner. But before you go, make sure to follow Matthew Fox on Twitter at Nighthawk7734. Give myself a follow at Ricky Blair underscore. Make sure to check out the Music City Drive-In for all of the articles, latest um, stuff that, that you can watch and read. Um, with that being said, like a reminder, Saturday morning, Chris Clarkson and I will be going live talking our bets of the week with the Happy Hour Sports Betting Show. All right, Fox, it's time to talk movies, which is going to include our top 10 of the year through um, yep. November. And then on top of that, we're going to talk about some new releases. <laughs> Oh, all right. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, um, I was actually out of town last week for, in L.A. for the American Film Institute Festival. It was my second year in the road going to it and covering it. Um, it's funny. Fox and I had talked during our week eight episode and we were like, you know what? Let's wait until I get back from AFI and, and, and just some of the other releases that were coming out before we talk about our top 10, just based on the simple fact that there's a possibility that it's going to shift out whenever I go to LA and some of the releases that were coming out. And with that being said, I'm glad we decided to do that because in my top 10, I have one, two, three, four, five brand new entries that I saw while <laughs> I was out in LA. But before we drop into those top 10 movies, we have quite a few uh, releases for the weekend um, highlighted by... Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Fox, when are you seeing this? I need to know. Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow? Okay. All right. I wasn't sure when, but just based on the... We're, we're taking the kids. Perfect. Um, 
I was going to see what else is coming. Not our kids, my uh, three nephews. Uh, the boys are going with Lindsay and I. We're going at 11 a.m. The documentary um, Is That Black Enough for You comes out. One of my, uh, I really enjoyed this. One of my favorite docs of the year. Um, really, really strong documentary. Um, it's a history lesson in cinema and black cinema. So um, for those of you out there, I really highly recommend checking that out. Um, and then, of course, we have Spirited, which Matthew Fox has already seen. I have not seen yet. Um, yes, I'll do my my full take uh, in a minute. But also, I have a review dropping. Uh, if you're watching, if you're listening to this on Friday, it will already be out. It's coming out Friday morning. It opens limited uh, on Friday the 11th. Goes wide in theaters and on Apple TV Plus on November 18th, and it is a Christmas delight. Oh, so it's not coming out on Apple TV tomorrow? No, it's coming out limited in theaters tomorrow. Oh, okay. So I have to have a little time to watch it before it comes out and maybe review it. Got it. Thanks for reminding me of that. I had no clue. Um, all right. So I'll let you talk about that in a minute because I know – oh, and there's one more other thing that's dropping. It's called Mammals. It's going to be a show on Prime Video. Do not watch it. It's terrible. Um, if you, you, had, review, you had me at James Corden. Yeah. It's, you know what's crazy? What makes me really mad is the show is actually really well written. And if somebody else would have been in the lead, it probably would have been a great show. The, the big show that releases tomorrow, though, is the one um, that Jenna reviewed that's on Amazon. The English. Prime, the English with uh, Emily Blunt. So. It's kind of weird they dropped two shows at one time. Well, they probably saw Mammals and thought nobody was going to see it. Also, what is that title? Memories. Um, remind me to tell you a story after we get off. I don't mean to say this on the air, but remind me to tell you a story about mammals <laughs> when we get off the air. But with that being said, um, yeah. So with that, that's everything. I think it's pretty much everything releasing. I haven't. There's a few things that have been out come out. Um, obviously we had the um, we had Causeway come out. I'll talk about that in a little bit because it's in my top ten. But um, what did I watch? Or what have I haven't watched? What did you think of Blockbuster? Did you did you care for that? Uh, I did enjoy Blockbuster. I reviewed that uh, with Pilot Roundup on Tuesday. I give B minus for the pilot in the second episode. We've watched three total. Um, I think it has good sitcomy vibe. There is something ironic about a Netflix series t- touting the last Blockbuster, but they kind of steer into that with some on the nose dialogue in episode one that was fun. Um, one that you saw at the festival that actually opened in theaters that I have subsequently seen is the documentary, The Return of Tanya Tucker, featuring Brandy Carlisle. I enjoyed that. I thought that was a kind of fun, feel-good film. Um, there was another documentary that opened last week that I actually liked a little bit more that is in. It's, you know what? Apple TV, if you're out there, you've still got a friend and a fan in me because uh, the three changes to my Top, current top 10 are the three apple tv plus films that i've seen it's it's pretty crazy to me how like that's my favorite TV, streaming series streaming site it's apple tv's really like groundbreaking when it comes to tv right you know they have really strong tv but their movies over the last 12 months have really ramped up and being great um and and i'll let you kick it off give me your 10 through 6 in that top 10 real quick so number 10 for me is still after yang i know you didn't love it there's just something about the story and something about the redemption arc uh, that i really liked colin farrell's great in this i like the opening dance sequence it was just something different number nine new entry spirited i mentioned that it opens limited tomorrow uh, it is a delight. You've never seen A Christmas Carol told this way, and that is a good thing. It is a full-blown musical 
Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell are a delight. Octavia Spencer is great. I laughed. I cried. I can't wait to watch it again. I think uh, Will Ferrell may have yet another seasonal Christmas classic. Uh, number eight for me is The Woman King. Uh, I really love Viola Davis in that lead role. I thought that the story, the action, everything, that was a very stirring experience in the theater. Still hanging around here at number seven is The Batman. Um, you know, I made fun of it for a long time, thought that I was going to hate it, and it somehow, god darn it, it's still there. Uh, maybe it'll knock out eventually. And number six, still my favorite film that I saw uh, among the Sundance films, Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, another beautiful redemption arc. Um, I love the performances in it. Um, I love the story, uh, the blend of comedy. It will, I, I, I hopefully these are the probably the five that are most vulnerable for sliding down as we get some of this glut of end of the year things because there's a lot of things that you are going to reference that i haven't gotten to see yet and obviously we always get to the end of the year and so many big things pile in but you know what that's where i'm at right now are you guys going to put the game i don't know what that means what put what game i don't know uh maybe rephrase that um it might be jinxing the game Probably. Um, all right. So with that being said, I'm going to give – so what makes me – really there was a – in the process of seeing so many new films, you start to – like for the first nine months of the year, there was a lot of the same in my top ten. And now that I've seen more and more, and obviously I saw I think seven or eight films at at yeah, um, yeah. AFI and, and – when I was going through most, it's like movies that I really, really like are starting to take the tumble and it starts to hurt. The Woman King coming off my top 10 broke my heart. Honk for Jesus coming out of my top 10 really broke my heart. Um, Fresh coming out of my top 10 really broke my heart. Top Gun dropping out of my top 10 really broke my heart. But uh, speaking of number 10, I've got The Good Nurse. This is probably the most vulnerable film of the top tier right now. Um, I really liked it. I really liked Eddie Redmayne's performance in this. I thought he was very captivating in this role. Um, number nine, Gilmore Del Toro's Pinocchio. If anybody that knows anything about me knows that I hate animated movies. But Gilmore Del Toro's Pinocchio is really, really, really good. Um, it's crazy because it's at number nine. And if it wasn't for so many other films, it'd probably be a little bit higher. Um, number 10, nine, eight, number eight is Causeway. Um, it's a movie that I know Matthew Fox will talk a little bit more about later. Um, Jennifer Lawrence and Brian Tyree Henry give two incredible performances. It's one of the most subtle in your face movies of the year. And it's beautifully directed and beautifully written that I'm just, it's a gut punch of a film in the most subtle way. And it's beautiful. I love it. Uh, Decision to leave is number uh, 10987. Um, another film that I really liked. Um, one of the most unique love stories I think I've ever seen. I really enjoyed it. And number six is a movie that was number one since June. And it held the title at number one for June, July, August, September, October, five months. Um, coming in at number six is Elvis. Please don't tell Austin Butler that I am saying this live on the air. So, yeah. Um, top five. 
Yep. So number five for me, uh, one of the newer films I saw last weekend, uh, Selena Gomez, My Mind and Me. It's a documentary. Um, mental health is probably the biggest issue that we deal with as a country right now. I have never seen a performer lay themselves bare the way that she does in this film. You follow her over the course of five years. She's brutally open and honest, including reading diary entries, uh, seeing her sometimes at her worst, uh, seeing times when she's enjoying incredible professional sex uh, success and feels just completely, sorry, empty inside. Um, that was a terrible terrible slip uh i actually you know i've given four five movies now four and a half stars this year nothing have i given five yet um from this year and this is the first of those uh four and a half star movies i really love her on only murders in the building but i didn't know that much about her or really uh her music until seeing this and it was you know, I was just on the cruise watching this, uh, sitting out there looking out at the open ocean as we were we were floating, and it was just a beautiful experience. I thought it was a beautiful film. Number four for me, still Vengeance, uh, B.J. Novak's film, um, has so many deep, rich themes. Ashton Kutcher, I, I actually think he should be in the Best Supporting Actor conversation, even though he's only in two scenes in this film, but they are incredible. Uh, um it's unlike anything I've ever seen him do. Uh, and it just pulled me in. Still number three for me, Top Gun, Maverick. Um, I love the emotion. I loved the production of that film. I loved what it, you know, what it did. It was my favorite film of the summer. And um, it's still hanging in there. I think probably at this point in time, it's going to remain up in my top 10. Um, since I, I didn't feel that strongly about Elvis as you. <laughs> <laughs> number two for me you mentioned this film causeway um this is another one that i watched you know on the balcony on my cruise you know staring out the ocean jennifer lawrence brian tyree henry were mesmerizing the story uh, of their characters these are two hurt individuals looking for longing looking for redemption um that find each other there are some very powerful scenes in this so that's up there and then uh still at number one for me everything everywhere all at once one of the most creative visual films i think i've ever seen in my entire life i also loved uh the emotion and the core um you know redemption arcs are big for me and i think that's probably i was telling you earlier today that's probably the through line for me with a lot of these films that are in my top 10 are, are about purpose and redemption my top five films um i'm still the, the crazy thing about it is i'm still not a hundred percent sold on where i have two three two, three, four, and five, like where they're at. Um, Woman Talking comes in at number five. Um, one of the hardest films you will watch this year. You know what I mean? It, it's it's brutal. And the one thing that she said is number four. Um, she said, obviously, is the story about the takedown of Harvey Weinstein that kind of led um, to the Me Too movement. Both of these films do something that, that you rarely see within these style of films and that's you never one time see the you never really see what happens right you know what i mean you never see visually but they paint the picture in a way that you can see it in your head but you're not seeing it visually especially like women talking these women are being abused they're being raped 
all the way down to young ages of four, five, and six years old. And these women are trying to figure out a way how to get out of this scenario. And and you don't see, you don't really ever see the violence 100% take place. And it was, it was interesting how they did that. But at the same time, it made you engulfed into this story a little bit more. And, and you see the, the results of what happened, but you don't with, you know, bruises and, and, and marks in their faces and stuff like that. It, it just was truly remarkable to watch. She said also, Carly, you have some of the best performances of the year within those, those, those two films. Tar is my number three right now. Um, Kate Blanchett still, her performance was, was just out of this world. Um, I like that film a lot. Um, it sat with me a lot. It's crazy because I feel like Tar might move to five. She said a woman talking might move up a little bit. Um, the next one we'll talk about is Bardo, um, a movie that I had zero expectations for. Like, actually, there's expectations here, and I was like under the ground of expectations. Um, Alejandro, I'm not a huge fan of his work. I don't think that his, like, I haven't loved his film. He's technically one of the best directors. Uh, his films are always technically sound. I just never really loved his films, but this film spoke to me um, and and in a way that I didn't expect it to. Um, it's one of those things that I think that you touch on. Like That's an important piece of film, right? It has to touch you. You know what I mean? Like It has to make you feel things. And Daniel uh, Jimenez Cacho, who plays Silvio in this film, it, it, it touched me. You know what I mean? Like the story, the arc, the writing. It, it's a film that a lot of people aren't going to like. But it's just because maybe you don't emotionally resonate with this character in the same way that I did. You know, I know a lot of people that rated it two stars, two and a half, three stars. And and there's going to be a lot of people that do that. But for me personally, this film is something that 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 hit me so hard and so deep. And I was just was blown away by it. And, and that's just I love the film so much. And speaking of a film there. I've, I've seen, uh, I don't know, cl probably close to 300 2022 releases, probably over that, TV shows, all that, everything together. You know what I mean? And Bones and All is my number one movie of the year. Um, it's the first film that I walked in and walked out and didn't couldn't think of one problem with the film. Um, it's a movie that I 100% expect my podcast partner here to my left or right, whatever you want to see, however you see him, or you just listening. I probably expect him not to like it, but I also felt the same way about Batman. So maybe we could be wrong. You know what I mean? It could be wrong. Maybe he will like it. But my podcast partner is also like me and saying that I am not a Timothy Chalamet fan. Um, never really have been. And I was really blown away by his performance in this, but Taylor Russell really shines the brightest um throughout this entire film but mark rylance gives a downright scary fucking performance in this movie downright scary performance like it is creepy mark rylance is a hell of an actor right you know what i mean he is a hell of an actor he shouldn't have that oscar that he has for that specific movie but he's a hell of an actor and bones and all i loved it i loved everything about it from start to finish i was engulfed um I can't wait to see it again. I can't wait to see it 20 more times. So it's, it's a, you know, it's an interesting film to say that about, but um, something about kind of that being on the run, trying to figure out life and, and being weird and looking and, uh, and yearning for support and love and, 
it's a coming of age story like I've never seen before. And and I loved it. So Bones and All is my number one. And um, yeah, I truly, there's only one movie, one movie that I could see supplanting it for the end of the year. And that's Babylon. But we'll see. The jury's going to be out for that one, even though it's only over three hours long. And I hate long movies, but Damon Chazelle can do no wrong. So we'll just throw that out there too. But that is probably it for this week's show. Um, next week we'll be back again. Um, I'm excited to – I've got – I'm going to see Knives Out, Glass Onion next week. Very excited <laughs> to see that Wednesday. Very excited to see that. Was a big fan of the first one. So um, looking forward to seeing what Rin Johnson and Daniel Craig have. No one's a bigger fan of the first one than, than me. So I'm excited, which – like. The thing about it is, is if it's done right, right, it can it, it's something that we could get every couple of years, and it would be pretty cool. But I just feel like it's going to be kind of hard to capture the magic of the first one. You know what I mean? But I'm on the fence. I so, wish they weren't making a sequel. It's I'm it's like it's it's like a middle of, of both of those things. It's it's like it reminds me a little bit of White Lotus a little bit too, which I love that show, and a lot of people it's. it's I can't wait to see a glass onion, but I also wish they weren't making a sequel. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard. contradictions. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things, especially whenever it's one of your favorite movies or uh, something that you love so passionately. Yeah. A sequel coming in is is definitely one of those things that's you know rough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, I sorry. With that be <laughs> with that being said. We are out for the week. We'll be back next week. Like I said, make sure to tune in on Saturday. Clarks and I will be podcasting about our picks. Make sure to check out Fox's articles over on the website, especially the Spirited um, Review. I haven't read it yet. It's going to be out by the time this is out, but I want to see it first. I'm probably watching it later tonight. Um, until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Drink that Wolverine blood. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.